Listen to the podcast anywhere you stream your podcast. And if you would like to support the podcast, please take a look at that Cash App link at the bottom of the description when this is posted. And please donate how much ever you are led to give if you would like to support the podcast and other podcasts on the MathCast audio blog. Happy Sunday to you all. And I hope that you had a great week. There's a lot of things that happened in tech this week, but I won't cover everything. A lot of people don't really care about a lot of the things that Apple talked about in their event this past week. It's on Tuesday, 420. (laughs) If you were coherent enough to pay attention to what was on the on the stream, you saw that there was a really good production value. This is their second year of doing like a virtual type thing because of the pandemic. Last year it was it was really good, really well done. The camera shots were amazing. And then you um, then you come to this year and you're like, wow, they stepped it up. They shortened and really condensed things a lot so they didn't kind of like drag the keynotes out like they would usually do in person. That's awesome. It was really high production value again. Tim Cook, oh man, you know, the, we talked a lot of trash about Tim Cook after Steve Jobs died and wondered, like, could he be as charismatic? Can he be the guy that really? takes over the reins of Apple and carries it into the next generation of users and such and everything they throw at him. He took, he's his own guy. I think we should give him his due respect, like or hate, whatever your political view of how he aligns with. And you may think, um, that he is biased in some aspects. That's fine, but it doesn't take away from his ability to have pivoted um, with the company, kept things rolling, and really, I mean, it's still the most profitable company in the world. So he's not doing anything bad, is he? (laughs) He's obviously doing great work. And this event gave you a glimpse into the new Apple products such as MacBooks, new iPad, new Macs. Oh, the Macs. Oh, man. So they they brought out the new Macs with the M1 chip. And all these, all these products that they unveiled had one thing in common, the new Apple Silicon that they made, the chip that they designed in the house. Yeah. So they did this with the with the MacBooks earlier, and they are bringing in the rest of the product line and telling you guys we are 
we are con we are committed to making this transition of microprocessor with the in-house design. We're going to commit to this and make this work. And Google saw the success with the M1 chip so far, and they have committed also to start designing their own chips in-house with a partnership of a company I can't remember at the moment. But Apple is showing off right now of things that you should always think about doing if you're a company that wants to do the software and the hardware. At some point, you need to have the CPU, the silicon, the, the driving force behind all of what needs to be pushed with this technology. You need to have that in-house too. Do you have this ecosystem locked down? And Apple has always been good at doing the software and hardware combination, make that work flawlessly, but yeah, great things. The one I want to focus on right now is not those computing products, but the accessory that most of you are going to be interested in. Yeah, it's a fairly inexpensive accessory. And I don't know if you guys have heard of Tile, this kind of tracking thing that you can clip on to maybe luggage, keys, a dog collar even, where you can track using Bluetooth and the app, just in case you lose it. So you can track it down. But there were some limitations with Tile and how Apple allowed permissions to go through iOS. <laughs> so they came out with their own version called Air tags, and you're like, what tags? <laughs> Air tags, yes. Air tags is the name of the product, and is essentially just like Tile. But since Apple had this in-house product, it does things that Tile can't do, and that's the ecosystem lock-in that you know all the tech bloggers keep talking about. Love it or hate it. You know, there are benefits. Is it uh, worth antitrust cases with keeping people, competitors like Tile, out? I don't know. Sony, Sony had these proprietary stuff for years with their products. They didn't, I mean, whatever. Are we li living in a new age where you can't have ecosystem lock-in? I mean, why not? Uh, but the AirTags... Do something different. So the cool thing about this is it, it works off of a large network of the Find My feature that you turn on in your iOS devices just in case you lose your phone or your tablet. I've used this before. I've left my iPad on a business trip. And gosh darn it, didn't if that if that find my feature didn't help, oh, it was great. Android has it too. I have never had the I wouldn't say opportunity because you, you never really want to use this thing, but it's I mean it's kind of like insurance in a way. So I never had to use it with Android. Uh, but the find my feature is oh, so awesome with your iOS devices as long as the battery doesn't die. That's the key component. If 
your battery dies, you just SOL. But let's find my feature. It works off a network of iOS devices that pass by this AirTag. Let's say you lose your luggage at the airport or you leave something in the hotel room like, like I did and you have your AirTag on it. If somebody finds this thing, it's going to do something cool and it's going to, if they try to use it, it's going to give them contact information if you fill it out on the profile that is to where they can contact you to reach out to you proactively so you can just just like the regular stuff does the regular find my feature you know this gives you contact information once you fill it out but what it also does if they don't do that or if they don't know to look and do that anytime it passes by a ios device either if it's an ipad or if it is a iphone it'll ping that location that is closest to and then it'll update via that network every time another device comes by it if it keeps moving right so this is awesome right so you got one of those it's like one of those trackers that the spies use to put at the bottom of a vehicle and then they have this network of things where it keeps pinging off like the cell networks or the satellites to where it keeps updating their system that kind of works in that way that's cool and no one really does it like that but apple at this point for a consumer device and it's 29 dollars for one i think 99 dollars for a pack of four the cool thing about it also is you can replace the battery now tile ah i don't i think they changed their products recently but as far as i know if especially the first generation of tiles that were out there once the battery dies you just had to get another tile with this one you just have to replace it kind of like your garage door opener remote battery uh, your key fob with your car battery or your watch battery same type of thing but that's cool Apple seemed like the company that would have uh, done the reverse of that and said, hey, uh, maybe I want you guys to continue to buy each of these things every time the battery dies. So that's recurring revenue. However, I am. I'm surprised and, you know, good job, Apple. You did the right thing. The cool thing about this is uh, once it starts getting you close to where it is and you actually want to track it down on foot, this app will give you a kind of display. If you ever use navigation, the walking navigation in like Google Maps or Apple Maps maybe, but it's more like, not showing you street views and such, but it's giving you like a green background with a white arrow to point you this go this way, go this way, go this way until you get to the exact location of the air tag and what you have it linked to, tied to, however you want to say it. That's awesome. That's a great product. I don't have any use for it for myself. Um, 
Yeah, I might take that back. I use an iPad. I have a work iPhone. Um, this might be something cool um, to use. Just if you, even if this is your work phone that you have as an iOS device, and you want to track your packages or whatever on a business trip. There you go. If this is your leisure device, totally get it. Totally buy in with that. Maybe it's a good idea if you have a air, you know, a uh, iPad. And this thing is always going to be home anyway. So this is going to be your hub for the location of these air tags. Hey, might be good. So if you have an iOS device, this might be something that is a nice thing to give a, as a gift. Or have everyone in your house have one. So even if they don't have an iPhone you know, they carry around all the time, if there's an iPad in the house, wow, there you go. You can still use this. Samsung makes a version of this. Again, this doesn't have that type of, if you want to call it a neural network of location services that ping off of other iOS devices or other Android devices or Samsung devices for that matter. Um, but Samsung does have their own tags, Samsung tags. And it does about the same thing, not to the complexity again, Apple does, but if you are hellbent about not getting any Apple products, there is a you know accessory for you if you do have a Samsung or Android device that you want to track. And maybe Google might be doing one of these. There's also other brands on Amazon, but you always want to look at how they use your location and how reliable it is when you actually need to find this thing. We're here today to talk about Walmart Pay. I trashed Walmart Pay for a long time. It was inconsistent, took long to load, bashed them on Twitter. Yeah, I did that. But one thing came to be true because of the pandemic is Everybody stepped their game up with the mobile payments, their apps, or just using, you know, like Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, or Google Pay. And, and the locations that offered mobile payments increased exponentially. So I talked about mobile payments many years ago, <laughs> many years ago. And back in 2015 or 14 at least, where we were in the early stages of like Apple Pay and Samsung Pay and even Google had something set up weird that you can use their payment system, but it wasn't available as many places as Apple and Samsung Pay. Walmart didn't want to do the whole you can use one of those services to pay at their store. So, of course, they wanted to have a way to track you. Because if you go through one of the Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, blah, blah, they track you in a different way. But the store itself 
can't track you because the and the transaction is encrypted. Now, whatever happens after the payment log is transacted or shows up on the mobile service that you use, how they use that, well, they use that. Trust me, they use that in another way. But stores, like when you swipe your loyalty card at Paris Teeter, um, Publix doesn't have one, but let's say Ingalls, Kroger, they track your payment history so that they can target what sales that they want to do at what time. It's all about data collection, but that's old school data collection. Walmart wanted to do this and keep it in-house, so they would give you a QR code at the register, and you open the Walmart app, and then it would scan it like a QR code, and that would go through whatever payment method that you have stored on the app. So what it allows them to do is still gives an encrypted payment, but it also allows them to track your payment history, your, your, your buying history, and all of that. And, you know, it didn't work that well for me when it first came out. I didn't like it. It was slow. Maybe it was because the people that worked the register didn't really know how to, how and when to use it. So you're standing there. <laughs> and you do what you do on the phone and it either might take forever to register on the app or the cashier might take forever to notice that you're actually trying to use Walmart Pay and you're like, okay, this is awkward now. Remember, in certain networks of phone that you use, shout out to Verizon, that if you go into certain locations of Walmart and you and you try to use this Walmart Pay, if your signal ain't on point, you're gonna be standing there for a while looking like an idiot and just use your card at that point. Yes, but during the pandemic, it things got better in the latter part of last year, I think. And I think it's when I noticed that Walmart rolled out Walmart Plus. And at, when that happened, because they give you discounts at the gas station, I realized that they started to put the Walmart Pay option on the screen at the, at the, at the Walmart gas stations. So you can use Walmart Pay then. And I'm like, this came just in time, didn't it? I'm wearing gloves because I just realized because of the pandemic, uh, the gas stations, you know, all that stuff is nasty. You shouldn't be touching that. So I wear gloves. So I don't want to type on the keypad. And plus, I don't always trust putting your card into that little slot because of how people like to, you know, steal card numbers. So it came just in time. And I started using it. I'm like, okay, this is this is pretty pretty cool. And I noticed also hmm, that you get three cents off per gallon if you use Walmart Pay at their pumps. 
So even if you don't have Walmart Plus, you're getting a discount for just using that. And, you know, they were like, oh, they're tracking me. I'm like, somebody's going to track you. Somebody's going to track your, 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 your buying habits. Somebody's doing it. <laughs> it's another convenience thing. Also, what, what I like about it is it is easy to tell when you've been at Walmart and how many times that you've been to Walmart. It's kind of like that wellness feature that's on the phone to tell you how many times, how, how long you've had the, the screen on and you need screen off time, the well-being feature, yeah. So you look at your transaction history on Walmart app and you're like, all right, I got a problem. And I noticed that, hey, dude, look, confession, I'm in Walmart almost every day. So especially getting in and out and not touching the keys on the register, it totally touchless and all that, that has paid dividends. And it's even gotten to the point where Publix does um, mobile payments. They don't do their own proprietary one, which surprises me because I thought that's why they held off so long from actually letting you use Apple Pay and all that. But they just, they just, whatever. Maybe in the future, they'll realize, okay, we want to be like Walmart. And then they'll have the QR code too. But I'm in, I'm in there all the time. And now that I'm on a better network and they have expanded and it seems like they, they increased the speed of the servers, which this stuff runs on. Um, maybe it runs on AWS. I kind of looked that up. Don't know. But it's faster now. It's more stable now. I don't have, I don't have this thing registering that I've scanned the barcode and the register kind of like takes like 30 seconds to close to 50 seconds to register that I've actually completed what I need to do on my side. Like I'm, I'm in and out faster. Whereas in the past, I would have been just standing looking like an idiot. At that point, I probably could have used my, my regular card. So I got to say, for using Walmart Pay now, it should be the primary mode of payment. It's secure in a way as long as long as Walmart doesn't get breached. Oh, got a knock on wood. Never know. People get breached. But seems like it's better than just swiping your card. Because they keep that in the database too. Trust me, they track you anyway. So might as well get convenience. And plus, if you use Walmart Pay, you don't have to worry about losing your receipt if you need to return anything because every transaction you have is stored on there with the receipt. Yeah, it's awesome like that. So why not use Walmart Pay? Now, I'm on it. I use it. I advocate for people to want to at least try it out. If it's not your jam, don't do it anymore. But hey, if you're at the pump, why not save some money? Because gas prices are going back up. So for just that one thing, and the fact that you don't have to touch any of the, the keys on, on the nasty gas pump. Hey, man, I'm the same. If you go inside to the gas station part, the convenience store part, same thing. They got it there. They didn't have it before. So I'm telling you, it's expanded. 
It's faster. It's more reliable. I'm down with it. Last thing I want to talk about before I go is update on the Samsung Galaxy S21 Ultra about three-ish months later. So, phone's still badass. Should you buy this or wait for whatever's coming next in Samsung's lineup? Well, I'll tell you one thing. If you're waiting to avoid getting a 5G phone, you've already missed that boat and you probably got to buy some old stuff now. Everything going forward is going to be 5G regardless. Is the performance going to be better? It all depends. Uh, it might be the trend that Samsung decides because Samsung also designs their own in-house silicons, just like Apple does now. The Exynos processor is what they really use and, and ship with their phones overseas. But that may be a trend to where they start being able to sell it in the U.S. And if that's the case, should you buy this phone now or should you wait for the possibility of that happening? I don't know. You can wait for a possible announcement to come out. But, hey, this phone's still badass. The only thing I realize that happens this is not a knock for it. I think it's just all the ins and outs of the processing that it does because there's a lot of features built into this. Even if you have the features off, they're still kind of running in some service in the background just to at least tell the cloud or whatever to say, hey, this is still off. It's kind of nerdy right there, yeah. But I would say sometimes you just need to restart the phone at least every other day, get into practice of that. I've noticed that the face unlock sometimes just stops working. Um, weird. Don't know. Restart always fixes it. Fixes it. Uh, sometimes text messages, and this is maybe T-Mobile, maybe this is a conjunction of T-Mobile using the Google Messages app and... I don't know, some other things that sometimes the text messages get hung up and I have to send twice. A reboot fixes that too. Just some random things happening. Any slowness or sluggishness? No, this thing is still a beast. Battery life is still on point. I don't even think, I don't have battery anxiety anymore at all. So that's awesome. And the camera's still great. Um, if you were a part of the live stream for the Backyard Pitmaster podcast I recorded earlier, um, you saw yeah, I took a picture of a beef chuck roast with that camera. And uh, yeah, everything's totally awesome. The fast charge works on it pretty well. The call quality, great. Um, the integration with the Galaxy Buds Plus, still awesome. Um, ah, everything's still good. Everything's still great. And that's my update for the Samsung Galaxy S21 Ultra 5G. Has anybody noticed that all that 
hoopla and rah that they had about 5G last year is kind of gone. You know, the conspiracy theorists that thought this was lumped in with the 5G and blah, blah, blah. Do you notice you don't hear anything about that anymore? I'm just saying. I reminded everyone when 5G started to roll out that this similar thing at a certain level was, you know, tied to 4G. But in the pandemic, everything got exacerbated. And it's like, yeah, the whole world's talking about this new technology. Could it be some things politically in the background? Of course. Yes, yes. But the weird things with the aliens, <laughs> that ain't with 5G, dude. That's just a standalone thing. It just happens to go cool with some different headlines to get some clicks. But if you see aliens out there, it's not 5G. It's probably that Starlink service that Elon Musk is putting all these satellites in the orbit to do internet. Or it might be aliens dancing on the thing. I don't, I don't know. Hey, I wasn't there. Can't prove, disprove. All I know is some weird stuff happens. But is it 5G? Hmm, I don't know. Do you hear people talking about it every day? Nope. Did I bring it up? Yep, I sure did. Did I regret it? Nope. Because we move on with life. <laughs> when 6G comes out, it's probably going to be a thing. 3G, 4G, 5G. Yep. It's going to be a thing. There's going to be something else. I don't know. We'll see. We'll make fun of it. I'll laugh at it. Somebody will storm and, and riot in the streets. Some people might get, you know, some radiation from this thing. Of course, that's how it goes. Radio technology, you know, do I believe it? Yeah, possibly happens. But that's how the world works. It's how the world works. But nobody's talking about 5G anymore. The whole thing. All right. That's great. So if you'd like to support the podcast and the other podcasts on the MathCast Audio Ball, please click on that Cash App link in the description once this episode is posted. Until next time, I hope you guys stay blessed. Mask up still and embrace your inner nerd. This is the Mav Tech Podcast on the Mavcast audio blog. See you next time. guys how you liking the show how you liking the podcast how you liking the content in journal i'm sending you away i hope you do and if you do and you want to keep making the show better and better and better which i'm really trying to do and get it out to more people with the best sound quality possible and get some possibly celebrities on here and people from the tech industry on here as interviews and panel guests oh that'd be great please support the show via the cash app link i'm going to put on the description show notes yeah so 
You can also get producer credits by doing so. I'm not asking for a specific amount, anything that you can give to say thanks. And I thank you for being loyal and listening to every, everything you can on the podcast channel. I hope you come back and share with your friends more. Be blessed and have a great day.